Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Hours, the QPR podcast, which made me go out and buy a, a pair of headphones to make myself sound better because people said they can't hear me and I look like an absolute bin lid, I tell you, but never mind. Luckily you can't see me, but the other three can. Right, joining me tonight, I'm going to leave the special guest to last, is Simon Hall. Hello, Simon. Hi, Paul. How are we? We're not too bad. You sound clear without headphones. Why is that? I just still haven't got anyone around me. My, my kid and my and his mum are upstairs. I've got I've got absolute relaxing solitude at the moment, apart from you, mate. Excellent. Well, I've got a dog running around barking his head off. So great. And welcome back to New York City's finest, with full head of her at your age is no mean feat, Dunstan Bentley. Welcome back. Uh, thanks, Paul. I thought you said you were saving the special guest for last. <laughs> you actually thought about that, didn't you? I really did, yeah. He has a good <laughs> uh, Don't give yourself away, Mr. Smith. Ah, oh, just give himself away, right? Our special guest is he started off the Irish League playing for an infant. Um a, a team that uh, yeah. I said I nearly said it without being sarcastic and saying anything about Glenn Torn, but he played for Linfield and won things there. And then he came over here and joined a proper football club in QPR. Welcome to the podcast and you know what? More importantly, welcome home, Paul Smith. Thanks for having me. How you doing, Um, well, you were playing on um Friday and winning and scoring. Uh, the Glens beat the Blues four 0 Happy days, right? That's not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, right, Simon? I'm going to let you kick off the um because Simon was very keen, Paul. He emailed me questions and everything. It's it's really organised, and um, I'm okay. going to let Simon start things off because he's put a lot of effort into this. We just don't wing it, you know, and turn up. You know, you could have emailed talking. me and I could have had the answers ready. <laughs> yeah. right, cool. How are you doing? So I wanted to, I just wanted to take you back because obviously you left, you left a while back and I was just wondering just before we get on to what's happened and what's changed under Marty Sequentes and the fact that we've actually got a bit of optimism for the first time in nearly two years. I just want to know, I just want to know how, how it came about that you ended up with signing with us. Um, it was Andrew Belk, the scout for QPR. He was the 21s analysis for Northern Ireland. Um, and I was obviously playing at Linfield at the time and the 21s. And I was constantly playing back and forth. And when I was playing for the 21s, it was doing quite well. Um, and obviously Belky being a scout, I didn't know this. He didn't tell me, which was quite surprising because he talks about it all the time now. But um, once he told me that QPR might be interested... I didn't really want to get too excited, but I just continued on my football at Linfield until something was was actually happening. The agent called me and it took off from there. And and once once I heard that QPR were interested, I, I couldn't turn down the opportunity to get across water and, and play for QPR. What about the one in um, July? What in July? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, Belky. Belky doing his business. Um I couldn't thank Belky enough to be fair. Uh, he's he's done me wonders, got me back in QPR, and got me back playing in the championship. Simon, do you ask if, if I can chip in at this point? Um, the the reason being, I actually uh, came back last Christmas and was at Brisbane Road to watch the Orient Sutton game, um, where you scored an absolute blinder. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I, I was going to say, like, it, 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 it's this is less about the football, but more about after the game. We went to the the bar, um, and and I um, I, I was I was going to go up and say hello, but I bottled it because I'm like, oh my god, it's Paul Smith. Um, but but what what I was going to ask you is, it, it looked like Orient as a club's a really it's a great family club. There seemed like a lot of togetherness. Like what 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 did you um it almost felt like you got your you know your groove back a little bit. Did you like can you talk us about um about Orient, your time there and what it was like as a club and how it compares to QPR? Uh my first year, Orient was one of the worst years I've ever had in football. Um I played the first game of the season against Salford and done my hamstring, had a three C, so I was out for eight weeks, nearly longer. And as soon as I came back from that, my other hamstring went and I had a 2C. So I was out for another six weeks. So I was out from one injury, came back out for another. And as I came back, my other hamstring went to give him a good one. So I'm like, I'm getting sick of this. So I had, I think I had four hamstring injuries, two on each side, before I actually got, I think it was two games under my belt. And I broke my baby toe playing against Charlton in a cup game, coming back from the hamstring injuries. And as soon as I came back, broken toe, went to the foot specialist and spoke to him. I was like, I need you to help me play because I can't get into a rhythm of playing football. Um, and he literally looked at my scan and went, yeah, you're able to play. Just strap it up and take so many painkillers. So I was drugged up playing football with a broken toe for a couple of weeks. Um, and then I think it was a couple of games into it. I had a collapsed lung and I was just like, I'm done. Spoke to my missus. I was like, I'm just so close to quitting, honestly, because I couldn't get in a run of form. I couldn't show my quality. I had six months without playing football. I was constant back and forth injury. And I was just getting fed up with, with being on the sideline, watching the team, knowing that I could help. Um, Because I think we went on a good run up until Christmas time. And then we fell off and couldn't win a game. I think we hadn't won a game in 15. Um, and then I came back, thankfully, when Richie Wellens came in. And I had a run of form towards the back end of the season. I think it was the last 10 games. I scored five goals. And that put me in good stead for the, the following season. And I just hit it with a blinder. We won the league, scored, got top goal scores, scored 10 goals. And I had so much fun just playing under Richie. He played football from the back and he gave the wingers freedom to just go and express themselves. And that's what I did. And, and QPR ended up seeing it and giving me another sniff. <laughs> No, but that that's fantastic. I've, I've got to say, like that, so some of the goals he scored at Orient, it's like a highlight reel. It's it's incredible stuff. Some of them are good now. Some of them were good to be fair. I think <laughs> I scored an overhead kick as well. It was nominated for goal of the year, and it was just nice to get the recognition again after the first. Four, uh, I think it was the back end of the two years that I had a QPR were quite tough for me. Um, and when I went out, I thought, oh no, this could be me down in League Two. I could be in trouble here, and I could back up the the league. Um, but I took it in my stride. Some people might and some people might, but I did. And, and they wanted to prove to everyone that I can play in the championship and I did my best to get up here and get back to the championship. Um, and yeah, I was playing with freedom, smiling on every day. And then I had a little man in, this, in my second year. Late now, it was kind of grounded me and kept me level-headed and I kind of had something to play for then. Um, I had to provide for him, provide for my family and things like that. So I think it kind of matured me as a player on the pitch and off the pitch too. Out of interest, Paul, what Irish league team does your wife support? <laughs> you know exactly who she supports, the Glenn. <laughs> Excellent. Back to Simon. Yes. But like Excellent. myself. 
Excellent. So we'll go back. So obviously, after the first game of the season at Watford, we got absolutely spanked, and there was there was a change in formation, which had you had you playing at wing back for a little bit. Um, I just wondered if you could just go through, particularly given you were playing so much on the left hand side for Orient. Um, how did it feel having to try and do that wing back role? And did you ever have any conversations with Gareth Angus all about whether potentially you could have been used differently? Um, no, I didn't really want to question what the manager was doing with the team because it's not my place to say. Um, I was put in a position that I've played once and uh, had, had to learn on, on the job. And it was good because I had Steve Cook, I had Ozzy right behind me, I had Jimmy Dunn, I had Jake, I had Foxy. I had all these experienced players behind me to guide me in the defensive kind of aspect of that position. Um, and... I mean, like a floored by a teenager, I was quite embarrassed, but I can't really, I can't really complain because as soon as that happened, I left one on him just to let him know it's not happening again. Um, but yeah, I, I learned on the way and, and I actually did enjoy it. I was playing, I was playing every minute and I was getting on the ball, I was doing my thing, sometimes defensively, sometimes going forward. Defensively, being a defender is not my game, but I mean, if I need to chip in to help the defenders, I will. That's that's what I'm there to do. Um, but yeah, it was, I was enjoying it. Like I said, I was enjoying playing and I was enjoying being back at QPR and being in the championship. So I think following up, so I think following up from that, obviously by October, um, I think a lot of us who, who were going were quite clearly seeing they were, there were real sort of issues at, at the time. And I think leading up to the Huddersfield goal, there was one where just before the corner, there was, I think there was a, Trail of three passes where I think Ozzy, Jack Colback, Sam Field were sort of like passing to each other and almost going, well, what am I meant to do with it? Um, how how was it in in that sort of last little bit? And then that will lead on to what things have been like under Sequences. What what differences did Sequences put in immediately after he came into the role? Um, I don't know. I the game, to be fair. We had so many chances to put the game to bed. Um, and then it would it might have been a different story. But that's football at the end of the day. We we were trying as much as we could to win the games. It's not like we were turning over, turning up to places and just going, now nah, we're going to get beat. We're, we're, we're fed up of it. We were giving it a great go. You can see the work ethic the boys were putting in in every game. Um, and the desire and the hunger was there to win games. It was just being, it was just one of those runs of football that the teams go on. And it was just unfortunate that we were going under that run with, with Gareth Ainsworth. Um, and... Like I said, football happens and people come and go and, and he got the sack, which is uh, I was sad to see him go because he gave me my chance back at QPR. Um and yes, the new manager came in. And he seems to have helped you, doesn't he? Um yeah, he's he's given me the freedom again. Gareth gave me the freedom and obviously a different role. Um, I was still, like I said, I still enjoy my football doing doing right wing back. I was still able to get forward and attack fullbacks, um, with a lot more defending in, in mind. But under the new manager, he wants me to stay high and wide, get on the ball, like you see. Um, I don't know if you've seen my heat maps, heat my heat maps are just sitting on the touchline, literally. Um, but it causes people problems, it gets me on the ball and it lets me go one v one with the fullback and 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 do my thing, really. Um but yeah, like I said, he's let me play with freedom and you can see a lot of the, the attacking players are playing with freedom now. Before Talk, I go on talking to Dunstan, which points, oh, hang, hang on a second. Sorry. Yeah, go on. I was going to do a few questions, Dustin. Just one and then you can come in. You're very eager today, Dustin. Very eager. 
Yes. It's I don't know what the obviously feet, the feet. time difference. It is. <laughs> is it your breakfast time? Uh, just had lunch. Oh, same thing. Right, Paul. I got a wee bit of noise. I'll be honest with you. Um, the way you were treated at QPR the first time, and I can say that you can't, um, because it seems to be that you know you got young player of the year given to you by some handsome fella from Ralph Cool, <laughs> and you got capped for Northern Ireland and scored, and it just seemed to be going so well, and then um, we won't mention names, but his first name was Steve, and he sounds like a racing car. Um, came in and just seemed to go to absolute pot and my only theory is now I could be wrong here he just and this is what happens to a lot of Northern Irish and Southern Irish players they come from the Irish League because they haven't gone through the so-called academy route they just don't get fancied by the manager do you think that was the case with him or was he just a bin lid um, I guess that was the case with him um, I was trying as, as much as I could with impressing him and doing what I could to try and get in the team and even get anywhere near it. And I was just unfortunate I wasn't getting in. I had Brad Osea Samuels ahead of me. I had Eze ahead of me. I had Ilias Chur ahead of me at the time. I was just unfortunate. The manager liked them more than it looked like he liked me. Um, And I didn't really get my chance fairly. Uh, so I just wanted to work as hard as I could to try and prove that, yes, I should still be here and I should be given a chance. And, if that's not the case, then I, I'm happy enough to go get experience elsewhere to hope that I come back and he sees me away doing well, getting experience. But it's football. And it literally is football. That's what happens to players. And, and it was just unfortunate that time under Steve McLaren with me. But it just annoys me because, like, as a child, I grew up watching the proper Irish League club. That's my last day at Linfield. Um <laughs> And it just seems we just don't get a chance over here. Like, remember in the old days, you'd have people coming over the time, you'd have your Jerry Armstrongs, your Hamiltons, and blah, blah, blah. It seems these days it's so harder for from kids from Ireland, North and South, to make it over here. Why do you think that is? Probably because the Scouts didn't want to go because it was too cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, to be fair, there's a lot of programs and, and schemes for kids to progress through now, I think. I think it's Limfield have a connection with West Ham or or one of the Irish League clubs have a connection with West Ham. You look at Larne, have a connection with Real Salt Lake, the American football team. So like mm-hmm. there's there's connections there and they're starting to build. And I think that people can see the talent from Northern Ireland coming across. You look at the first team now, there's, I could name 10, 19 to 22 year olds in, in the squad in the first team. And we're starting to evolve and, and build as a, as a team. And, and that's why... It's good to see those young players coming through and getting the, the chances that they're getting because it's a small country at the end of the day and they don't really like have the luxury that England do with all the, the camps that our academies players can go through. Um, but like I said, they're, they're building a lot of schemes back in Northern Ireland to, to try and get more kids across water to even get a taste of it. So I can see them in the future a lot more Northern Irish players coming across. If you find any strikers, stick them to um, Marty's direction and give him a go because we could do with some now to, to obviously help you now my last question before I hand over to Dunstan before he jumps out the window and um whatever he's doing in New York it's probably cool there so it's not a good idea but hopefully the window's shut Dunstan it's bloody freezing that's all <laughs> I'll tell you serves, serves you right for being posh um <laughs> coming back to QPR in a seriousness I think it's brilliant you're back I think you can finally show the fans what you always had in your locker and I know I'm biased because we're from the same city, but you must be over the moon to be playing every game for Rangers and get the proper chance this time. 
hundred percent, mate. Like I said, that's all I wanted. I wanted to prove and, and show that I can play at the championship. And I had a lot of quality in myself and I believed in myself that I could play. Um and I was just get wasn't given the opportunity that that four the the four years that I was there. Um besides Ian Holloway, I was was unfortunate. But like you said, I'm I'm getting game time now. I'm playing and I'm I'm enjoying. I scored my first goal. Um I'm yeah, I'm just loving life and enjoying playing football. Great to hear. Dunstan, I'm gonna finally hand over to you before you explode. Well, I was gonna ask Paul. Um so so we all saw the brutal shirt tug from Ender Stevens. Um ju just ha how hard was that grab and, and did how how did you keep your shirt on? It was it was it was uh, quite tight. He pulled me across the pits nearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but actually, I, I know I'm being a bit flippant, but but actually, one of the, the the questions that I had was: Are you now being encouraged under the new management and the new style to kind of cut in rather than go around the the fullback? Is that something that that is a, a deliberate ploy? Uh, no, the like I said, the manager just gives me the freedom to go play. He gives me ideas of. of certain positions to be in when the ball's on the other side or the, when the ball's coming across when the move and things like that but anything I do is just off my own back for like me cutting mm. inside is off me wanting to cut inside because we went down the line a couple of times the fullback might read it I'll come inside and try and link up a little bit of play or, or get, try and get a shot off Um, I'll go down the line and try and cross the ball on the Dykesy one of the best headers in the club um, and I may as well use the asset when it's there I can, I can cross the ball and yeah, I'm just using my skills as much as I can. Um, like I said, the manager doesn't really tell me how to attack. He just gives me little positions to be in when the ball's when I don't have the ball. Awesome. Now, now, Paul, what one other question that I have is going to relate back to to the team under Ainsworth. As, as a set of players, when when you're on a really bad run like that, what responsibility? Um, do the individual players take to try and write, raise spirits? Like, so for example, like what what did you do with, within that dressing room? I was just being me, put a smile on everyone's face to try and keep them quite relaxed and uncomfortable because you can get uptight and stressed. Like I said at Orient, we went fifteen games with without winning a game, and it was very tough. And you could see players going under the shell, and I was just being there to try and support them and just give them that encouragement, knowing that. It happens in football. You see the best teams in the world. It happened to them. So, like I said, I'm just being me, running around the change room, having a bit of crack, making them all smile and laugh. And, and that's what the, the, the boys with the big characters did. Um, and we were always smiling. Like I said, we're always positive. We were going into every game, giving it everything we had. And we were just coming, falling short. Um, but the, the mood in the camp was always positive. Yes, when we went on, when we got beat, like, by a lot of goals, it was, it was unfortunate. The boys were disappointed on the day. But... There's only so much you can do. Like you could be four 0 If I we could be four 0 tonight, tomorrow's a new day. It happened, yes, but we've got another game coming. So all the games in December come thick and fast. I think we have seven games in December, so we can't really dwell on what happens, and you just got to go game by game. And that's what the manager really implements on the players now at the minute. Take game by game and focus on us. Seven. That's great to hear. Sorry. So again, one of the one of the things that Ainsworth and Dobson and we had Richard Dobson on on this, and he was a really interesting character to talk to. He talked a lot about character, and he talked about resilience and a lot of pastoral care within within the club. 
And in many ways, it's a shame that that wasn't able to to develop. And obviously, you'd have seen that at Wigan. Um, what's the new manager tried to do to try and build on the culture that they were trying to um, embed in the club? Um, like I said, he should literally just hit the reset button and, and let us just go game by game. First game, it was rather and he just went, go and enjoy yourselves. Like I said, we had the, the, the build-up, I think it was yeah, two days to, to try and structure something for us. Um, and I think the fans that travelled and the fans that watched at home seen within two days the manager, what he'd done with us <laughs> and what he had to give us that structure, he gave us that stability to go to be defensively strong and go forward. Um, and the longer we were working with him, the more we're all learning and the more we're getting more confident on the ball and getting more comfortable. And he's just making us see things Definitely. I think the second one I was I was going to say a slightly more light-hearted one. I mean, it was great to see you score on Friday night. Um, obviously, then what we were quite fearful of is when you did that sort of backflip in minus three degrees about what was going to what was going to happen at the end. And a serious sort of question: Has any manager ever sort of spoken to you about that and actually gone, Paul? Just well done, but just take it easy. Paul Finney, I like this one. David Healy used to find me £20 every time I did a backflip. Really? Yeah, he used to find me 20 quid. And I was like, you may as well just take the money all the time because I ain't going to stop doing the backflip. It's kind of like, it's a trademark. Everyone loves seeing it. And I just, I, if you can do it, you may as well pull it out of the bag. What, even with your hamstrings, Paul? I, I know, I know, I know this literally, but... <laughs> I'm in a little good routine and I'm comfortable with the routine I'm in, so it gives me confidence going into the backflip. <laughs> the first time, the first time, if I'm right in thinking, Paul, the first time I seen you doing that might have been against one of my lot, and I'm saying nothing. You scored yeah. against the Glens. And, um, Boxing Day, 1 2 1. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, so back to well, West London. The funny London. thing is, though, my missus' dad, my father in law, he literally abused me on that day. But I didn't know this until I started going out with his daughter and she told me it. And when I first met him, he was like the nicest guy I've ever met in my life. But me knowing that he said all this about me, it was hilarious. I was just, just brushing off his shoulder. Just for dear listeners, her father's a Glint one fan like me. But there you go. That's probably why. But um, on a serious note, let's forget the Irish League for a sec because I'll get accused of being biased. But to be fair, I could talk to Sam Field all day about West Bromwich. I wouldn't have a clue what he's on about that time, but you know, I understand Belfast. He loves talking about his West Brom days to tell you that Sam Field. Does he? Oh, he mentions about his Premier League goal all the time. He says he has the ball in his house. <laughs> I tell you one thing though, he's a hell of a secret for Oslo, isn't he? I mean, he has got to be one of the best midfielders in this league by a country mile and gets absolutely no recognition outside W12 for it. it is... yeah, but that's good, because then people won't come and ban them because we still have them for ourselves, you know what I mean? We'd rather well, be under the radar so no one knows about him. He's one of the, like like you said, one of the best, him and Jack Holbeck are the two best midfielders I've seen and I've played with. Um, and they're they're both brilliant. They're in the, the dressing room as well, which helps. Now, I'm going to go to Dunstan for his last question, and Simon, and because uh, I know you're, you're pushed a wee bit, Paul, so I won't okay. keep keep your night all going. And I know people hit me saying the podcast, but I'm just saying it. My question is quite... I'll tell you what my hopes are for this year, right? You tell me if you think I'm being unreasonable. Um, we make a late surge for the playoffs, and um, people don't book your holidays for me. You never know what's around the corner. We could maybe have a cup run. You never know. We desperately need a cup run. And um, some more Northern Iron Caps, and... Um, Tell everyone that um, trial Hume is rubbish and sneak him into QPR. <laughs> um, everyone has their own opinion. People can be optimistic, which I, which is what I love. 
but I can't really be like that. I want to take it game by game and focus on what right. we got next because that's the standard there. That's what we got to do. We can't really think of the, what, what's in the future ahead for us. We got to think of Hull City on Saturday, for example, and, and Plymouth at home on, on Wednesday or Tuesday, whatever that is. Um, so we just got to focus on game by game and, and seeing what, what happens. That's true. But a cut run would be nice, Paul, wouldn't it? I mean, I know we've got Bournemouth and it, 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 that came out of the draw like, yeah. No, um, I, I came out of the draw and I was absolutely buzzing. I was sliding around the room playing a Premier League team. I haven't played a Premier League team before, so I thought this would be brilliant. Oh, that's fair enough. I, I personally wanted um, Chelsea at Loft the Road or someone like that there so we could batter them. Um, you know, go to the next round, being helpful. Um, Dunstan, I'm going to let you ask a question. Simon, you ask one more question and then I'll finish the podcast by saying something nice about Paul's Irish League team, honestly. Never okay. going to happen. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Paul, but I but he 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 played for an Irish league team. I, I wasn't aware of this in yeah, any way, no, shape, tell or me form. But it's mad. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul, my, my last question. My, my last question for you, my friends, is um so obviously when you joined QBR the first time, you that you got yourself into the first team um from the from the, the reserves B teams under 23s, whatever it was. We we appear to have quite some talent coming through, like within the B, the development squads, the B team. Um, do, do these kids look to you for advice in terms of how to navigate that step up? What role are you playing as a of, of obviously dressing room joker, as we've ascertained, and gymnastic instructor? Yes. Um, but what what I mean, uh, realistically, do, do do they look to you? Do you are you there as a a kind of an older brother type advice or uh um i actually am like quite old 26 years of age and, I, and I'm, I'm in the old group for the boxes which is surprising i'm still young i still got 10 years ahead of me but no like i'm just there as if people look up to me they look up to me if i'm a role model i'm a role model and if anyone wants to have a conversation with me i'm there i'll, I'll speak to them um i don't really i'm not fond of turning people away and, and thinking I'm the better person and I'm bigger than them um, everyone's equal and everyone's on an equal ground so if some of the kids want to come up and have a conversation to me and ask me how to get into the first team I'll, I'll, I'll give them guidance of what the manager likes and what he wants to see and I'll try and help them as much as I can because it's always nice to have that young talent coming through and seeing that QPR can produce some good players like Ezeb and, and Ilyas and, and Brights and things like that so yeah it's um, it is it is good to see the young players coming through and doing well because I think the development squad are, are unbeaten in the league so far. So that says says it all. Any any, any names for us to look out for but apart from the obvious? I mean, you've seen Ryan Coley, you've seen Rafferty. Um, there's a couple of boys coming back from injury that look quite sharp. Uh, I had to go down and train with the development squad before I went away with Northern Ireland to the Denmark game just to see uh, to pass a fitness test. Um, and some of the kids look really really sharp. Sounds bad of me not knowing their names because I've like only had a couple of sessions with them, but I can in my mind I can picture them and I can see a lot of good players coming through and hopefully that they can progress and can push on through to the first team because it'd be good for us. No, he doesn't want to give him and... the names away, you see, because he doesn't want other clubs picking them up for nothing. You see, Dunson very clever. <laughs> poker, poker face. <laughs> right, Dunson, any more questions? No, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, Simon. Right, I've genuinely no idea how flippant this is going to be, and do forgive me, oh God, if it doesn't. Right, this long throw. This, yeah, this long, this long throw tactic, which which went on under Gareth. Um, yeah, what what was that about? 
Um, you see a lot of championship clubs using it and use it yeah. to their advantage. They do. Like, I mean, you look at the Premier League days when Roy Delap was playing, they kicked it out for a corner instead yeah. of a throne because his throne was a better set piece than a corner. So if it's there and it's in the locker, like say last five minutes or one nil down and you got to just throw the kitchen sink at it, throw everything you've got, long throws, corners, free kicks, be direct. And that's what we're using. And you've seen it cause a lot of problems. Yes, we didn't score from it, but you've seen it cause a lot of problems with de- defenders not missing headers and it dropping into the box. Unfortunately, we weren't there to put the ball in the back of the net, but it was causing problems. And it was like, the manager knows about it. He's like, I don't want to use it unless we're under the caution. We need to use it. So, I'm kind of stuck from not throwing it long anymore, but it is, it's nice, nice to play football and, and not have to look, use the, the long throws and my shoulders are in bits. <laughs> <laughs> not really a lot of space nails he wrote to get a good one on it though, is there? No, but it's all in the back and, and, and you got to use these. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the listeners who can't see it, he's shown us his guns. Again, Careful when you say that with someone from Belfast, but you get the idea. That's true. Sim- yeah, that's true. <laughs> Simon, <laughs> good God. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I have to say, Paul, it's been great. It's been great chatting to you. Sorry to end it on that slightly flippant note, but no, thanks ever so much for thanks ever so much for your time. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's been quite. It's been fun. But by the way, Paul, before got, you and it's before great, you go, it's great to have you back, Paul. It's so oh, good to see it. you back. Thank you. But I'm just here to back- play and have fun. Well, that's the main thing. But I was thinking, you know, this backflip. Now, yes. the other two guys, I'm going to go a bit known Irish here, um, just for a change while I've got Paul here. Did you learn that when you were jumping the queue for a pasty supper? No, when I was running away from the police. Holy <laughs> 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 joke, I only joke. No, was, um, you won't believe it, to be fair, before I go. I um, In Trump, when you do your GCSEPE, you get to choose what sport you do. It's like whether you do coaching my kids in football, whether you do hockey, Gaelic, anything, hurling, whatever you can you can name. I chose trampolining because I, I love being on the trampoline and I enjoyed just being able to do backflips, front flips, all these different things. Um, and I got an A in my trampolining and one day I just thought, let me take it into the grass and I landed on my head twice, I think, in my whole time doing it. That's where it never happens, but it's happened to me twice and, and so far I've been executing it better and better. I've had people message me saying, oh, you should do this before you do that and this is the way you should do it. You should do it this way, but I can't change my technique or I'll get myself in trouble, so yeah, that's but, think- but also, Paul, Paul, we don't want you out for two weeks with a concussion. <laughs> Literally, I know, exactly, so. <laughs> well, I'm thinking if we play Chelsea at some stage in the club, you could do like a double back flip, the, um, just for a double celebration when you get the hat-trick ball. I was running to the crowd. crowd. (laughs) But listen, Paul, seriously, mate, welcome home. It's great to have you back. It's great to see you playing with a smile on your face. And um, I'm hoping that we can all see the real Paul Smith this time. Because we've always believed in you. I think all QPR fans believed in you. We always will believe in you. And thanks for coming back to us. I appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. Like I said, it's always nice to be back and playing football again in the championship and showing what I can do. And um, sorry about the Irish League banter. Sorry, Terrible. yeah, I don't mind. Len Fielder's still top of the league, so. Other than that, no. Uh, <laughs> I had to get on Friday. I had to get on Friday, by the way. <laughs> anyway, I hear you, big man. Listen, enjoy yourself. Keep Appreciate playing it. well. Keep in the side and keep smiling, mate. That's all you can do. Thank and we'll speak to you another time. No worries. You can hang up, man. Just carry on. See you later. Bye. Right, bye. 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 Cheers, Paul. Take care. Thanks, Paul. I feel bad about that Bournemouth line there. It's made me sort of. Yeah, I, you, you kind of 
it's, it's our age, lads. We forget that they're a, a, an established Premier League club of sorts. Or do, is it just still just Bournemouth? No, looking... you know what? It's funny. I, for me, it's like Bournemouth, yes, they are established, but you look at the size of their stadium. If you get, you know, if, if it was Bournemouth away, that would be smaller than most of the grounds we'd be rocking up to in the championship. So, mm. um, 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 you know, so so I think, you know, you're right. Like for us, it's a bit like even with Fulham. They're not, they're not a big club. They're, they're still, you know, in our memory, they're still like, yes, they're Premier League, but, I mean, championship level. But to be honest, Bournemouth are a good side. And, and, and I've got to say, I think they're going to give us a right going over. It's yeah. I'm terrified with that. I, I, I think, you know, Solanke's on, on major form. That Semenyo looks like he's going to, he, he's a proper player, you know what I mean? Um, where I've countered that slightly is the... Going back to the Bournemouth thing, I mean, I've always regarded, I lived in Poole for about 10 years, so I've always regarded Bournemouth as sort of like a Division 2, Division 3, Division 4 side, because that's where that's where they were when I was growing up and virtually virtually going bust every five years. But I think where I'd, where I'd counter with that is, where Bournemouth are in the league, the opportunities... Do I do I think they're going to play a first team? Um, I very much doubt it because I think mm. they're like many of the sides who are sort of like 15, 16, 17, they're going to do that age old thing of are we going to concentrate on the cut run or are we going to stick the reserves out? Now, my first reaction was like yours, Paul, where I was a bit, yeah, whatever. Uh, but actually, the more you think about it, the more it is, the more it is a good opportunity for us to try and test ourselves against um, a Premier League side. And I think the other thing that we can say as well, as I, as I just think, I actually think they will play They will play a weakened side. And if they play a weakened side, that does give us a good, opportun- that does give us a good opportunity against a Premier League club. Can I just stop you there, Simon? You have watched us in the couple of the last 10 years, haven't you? I've watched us in about the last 30 years, yes. Yes, but, yes, yes. But unfortunate, but look, there is, a, there is an opportunity there. There is always an opportunity there. Whether we take it or not is another matter. I was kind of hoping for more come away, and I don't know why, because Fleetwood was good last year, apart from the football. Um, and I was kind of, it's somewhere else to say, because my theory on it is quite horrible, really, and quite basic. We're probably going to lose anyway, so you might as well go somewhere different. I was like that. I, mine, mine was basically trying to look for a ground which was, which was away from home, which I'd never been to, or somewhere like Spurs, West Ham, Brentford's new ground, which I hadn't been to either. They, they were the ones which I was excited about. But look, at the end of the day, a draw against the lower Premier League side, it, it, it at the end, it does give us a decent opportunity. I think exactly, no, and, it and, it's not, and it's not Blackburn. Oh, good point. <laughs> I was thinking that, and we just missed the um the unwashed by one ball, but there you I go. Know, do you know what? As well, I like so my 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 local non-league team, Sutton United. At one point, I thought, oh no 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 no, I actually thought it was going to be QBR Sutton, and I'd have been on a plane for that. That that that's <laughs> unmissable. But did, yeah, didn't they draw, fortunately did they, not. No, Sutton won, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they beat they beat Horsham. They came at three balls after us. Well, there you go. Now here, we'll go back to the reality of QPR. What's what's happening with the New York lot, um, Dunstan this season? Has it been a wee bit has it been hard going, lad, getting out there to games um, as it has been for some what? of us? It's surprise I mean, yes, because you know, it's um 
early mornings. Um, mid Midweeks are now problematic because I have an office job. So I'm not able to get down there for the midweek game. So I'm listening in one ear whilst I'm typing away. Um, but actually, the, the there's been an influx of new people. The tourists are back. We've had some really good numbers. Um, okay. And I, I've got to say, like, it's... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it gets hard when it, you know, uh, towards the end with Ainsworth, it was a struggle. But people were still showing up, man, still showing up. And the 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 love of the club is obvious for all to see. doesn't matter where you are in the world. Like, if you're Rangers, you're Rangers. And that, that's been very, very apparent from everyone. That's true, actually. But I do get impressed by your wee photographs and the, um, the websites now. It, it always, it's just, it must be great because... We take it. I've said this to you a million times, and we were saying this on the way to the game once as well, Simon. That we're lucky that we go to these games. We, we we take it for granted sometimes, and sometimes we speak to people like yourself who have moved away and, and coming back. We don't appreciate how lucky we are. So it's great that we've got you guys, the Australians, and um, we even got the Japanese guys. Oh, they're fantastic! They're, they? they're a great follow. Yeah, they're brilliant. It's just amazing, like the, the love for QPR. I mean. You don't have to be from W12 to feel the love, do you? I mean, it's it's been amazing. And it, one thing me and Simon have been discussing recently, and, and Simon, I'm going to come back to this one. It was kind of not strange that the gates dead. It was bloody brilliant when you think about it. The gates didn't really drop to a level where you were panicking. Um, and it's just the fans this season, I think, and the, fa- the fans on Saturday, even though I didn't make it because they're working – just amazing. You could just hear them all the way or Friday, not Saturday. No, that's because it's yeah, Friday night. You could just hear them all, all game, couldn't you? If it's, if it's mad, I think it's been nice. It's been nice to see, and I think I don't know what it is really. There's because I'll talk from my personal perspective to go from where we were in 2022 after the Reading game and actually thinking to ourselves, hold on a minute, we got a chance we've actually got a genuine chance here to going down to where we've been in two years. I must admit that even though I've gone, it's taken a pretty big toll and I'm almost at, I'm almost at the stage now of with sequences and what he's doing at the moment, he's done what he's done in five games is absolutely, is absolutely fantastic from where we were at the end of October, but there's still a big bit of me at the moment genuinely cannot get beyond what's happened over the last two years and, I'll be honest, he's just waiting for it to go wrong. It's fantastic. As I say, it's fantastic what he's done, but it's going to take quite a while, I think, to get that sort of confidence, to get that confidence fully back. And yes, the game on Friday, particularly in the second half, showed some light at the end of the tunnel, which I think we've been looking for for a very, very long time. But I'm still mindful at the moment about hoping that we can maintain it because we have been under spells, particularly with Beal when it was September, October. And I think we all thought we had the real thing there before we before we ended up buggering off to Rangers. It's look, it's a fantastic start. It's a fantastic start he's made. And as I say, I didn't think he'd have the impact that he has done mm. over the course of those over the course of those five games. I think it's just a case of trying to actually believe a little bit more now that, yes, this is this is something that can be sustainable. And I think the more we do that, the more people will come back. Because people have been going to the games, but I think particularly at home, enthusiasm has been pretty limited. I still remember that Leicester game where everyone sat there almost expecting Leicester to win. I don't think we're going to be in that. I don't think we're going to be in that situation anymore. I think 
people aren't going to be starting coming to games for the first time in a very long time, actually looking forward to it, actually thinking, hold on a minute, we've we've got a bit of a chance here. No, you're right. It's bizarre. I mean, you've got to realise the first half, I think you two will agree, the first half was... But I was surprised, if I'm being brutally honest, the game was on. I looked at that pitch and I thought, my God, that looks that looks a shocker. Thank God it was on Sky, because otherwise it would have been called off. Um, and the second it's half... It's a really good just, point, actually. It's a very good point. I just looked at it and thought, there's no way that would start it on, this, on any other time, except the Sky cameras are going, eh, you're having a laugh. Um, but listen, we, we stuck it to them and we, we did well. But more importantly... Once we got that goal, everyone's confidence lifted. You know, after um, Smith scored, and you're looking at it, you're thinking, there's there's something going on there. If they can just capitalise it, again, we're looking at striker. But as Sod's law would have it, everyone else is freaking picking up points as well as runners. That's so QPR. But then, on the other hand, does you think to yourself, if we hadn't have made that change, if we weren't picking up these points, we would probably be cut adrift by now. Had it continued. Oh, don't. Absolutely doomed. And the one, the one thing I'd say about the last five games, watching the, the style of football, that it, yes, the it's night and day between Ainsworth and Sifuentes. But the one thing I'd say about even like the, we're playing great football, there seems to be a bit of steel about his team. Like mm. you know, to go up to to go away and and to to play on a pitch like that and to grind out a result while still trying to play good football. So it's something else. I noticed it with Rotherham as well. Like, you know, Rotherham, it was a gutsy performance, but playing much better football, which is why I, I, you know, I'm not worried that other teams are picking points up. I think we just got to concentrate on what we're doing and we'll be fine. We will be fine as long as, you know, obviously key players stay fit. I still, I still am very concerned about the lack of depth up front. If anything happens to Lyndon, I think we're in, we're in trouble. But um, I honestly, to, to it's just been like, I feel like a weight's been lifted off the shoulders. And funnily enough, Paul, on the sixteenth um, of December for the Sheffield Wednesday game, Sheffield Wednesday are another team who've got a very big turnout at the factory. It's going to be a big one. And I think you know, a month ago that was looking like a minus one, minus one draw. If, mm. if you could get like negative goals, it, it was just looking like a terrible game. This might be game of the season. Wednesday have picked up all of a sudden. We've picked up. I've, you know, I, th- I think you, you could be looking at, you know, g- good like that. Um, apparently, they're playing the Gagan press. That terrifies me the way we're playing out at the back in a minute. But I think it could be a really entertaining game of football on the 16th and and with very different outlooks for both sides. So, Can, you know, I, long may it continue. Tell me this and tell me no more as your mother would have said. Does it ever get eggy down there with other fans, or is it just is it everyone behaves themselves? Do you know what? Um, it sometimes you might get an unruly tourist who doesn't know the drill. But but bearing in mind this is our home, everyone, all, all of the heads of the supporters club, we all know each other. Um, and if, any, if if anyone steps out of line, it's up to us to police it. So no, we just you know. It's like if, if, say, for example, you know, well, like one of the Wednesday fans act, acts up, then the Wednesday lad would have a word, and vice versa. If it was one of our lot, I'd have to just take him to one side and say, "Not here, mate. You want to take it outside? Have at it, but not down here." That's fair enough. We've got someone like that. It's called Cindy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that right, Simon? 
Cindy's lovely, mate. I'm going to leave you. <laughs> Cindy's always been an absolute pleasure to be with. I'm going to leave you to deal with that one. Um, yeah, Cindy, Cindy's awesome, mate. So, yeah, careful there. <laughs> exactly. You're on your own there. Sorry, Paul. You're on your own there. Um, Excellent. Um, going back to Dunstan's point, and I think he's absolutely right when we talk about worrying what we're doing. Again, when you were concerned about other teams picking up points, I think what we're seeing now is that we're actually starting to have a bit of a concertina effect near the bottom. So I think okay. where, about, where about last week we were actually six points off finishing fourth, fourth bottom. Now we're at a stage where we're six, seven points off being 14th. And I think, mm. the, more te- and I think the more teams who are sort of being dragged down like that, and even if teams are winning at the bottom, the better. And we know for a fact there's always going to be sides who are going to be, who are going to be struggling. I mean, you look at... Birmingham under Rooney, absolute, oh. absolute car crash. I mean, who'd have, who'd have predicted like that? You've got um, <laughs> Stoker struggling with um, Alex Neal. I suspect there'll be a change there. Swansea just changed their manager. And there's talk at the moment of the Plymouth manager going up to Sunderland, which would be a real oh. shame for when... Yeah, that'll be a pity for Wednesday night because he's done a he's done a tremendous job there. So I think there's teams down there who we can, who we can now begin to aim at. Millwall aren't. Millwall aren't many great shapes. Coventry uh, are struggling to pick up points. They haven't recovered from what happened last season. I just think now the more teams that we can aim at, um, the be- the better. And I think I said about however many weeks ago on here that I was about 70, 30 us going. Um, I certainly think I certainly think it's still in the balance, and I'm certainly still waiting. There'll be there'll be a tough patch without a doubt. But certainly seeing the way we are at the moment, I'm certainly more confident now than I was than I was when we made the prediction about three weeks ago. Oh God, we were sunk without, a, without a, an anchor, weren't we? Let's be honest. It, was, it wasn't going well. But something I've got to talk to you about, um, and they'll bring Dunstan in, in this as well, but because we were talking about it all season, Willock and Cher, and mainly Willock, to be fair, um, it does seem that something's happened there because the... He's back to his old self, and I did not think that would happen. I really didn't, and I'll be honest. If someone had said to me, "Look, listen, he'll start scoring again. He'll start doing this. He'll start doing that," I wouldn't have believed him because, I, in my mind, he'd already left the building. I was wrong. I wouldn't say he's quite back to his old self yet, but I think I think there are signs that he's on his way to being just mm. in time to walk out of the door on a free. But. Maybe. If if his goals keep us up, then on your way, that's fine. You know what I mean? I think I think what whatever we get out of, you know, let's face it, about a month ago, anything we got out of Willock would have been a massive bonus. And we it, the bonus is starting to pay off, right? And I think what's great is that it's having effect on Ilias. And I think the pair of them together, you know, we we've all we've all said it. The you know, you can't rely on Lyndon for the goals. It needs to have Willock chair. Paul Smith chipping in with goals starting to happen. This, you know, we scored what six in the last two, and you know, Chair Willock and Smith have all contributed. That's that's what we need to happen. So again, you know, it, it the, the signs are there. Long may it continue, but you know, um, I, I I think some of his performances haven't quite been as old Willock. Uh, you know, there, there's still some I think some work to do there. Well, it's, all- it's about sorry, Paul. I think it's about a twofold thing. Then I think we clearly see with um coaching. The first thing which I really liked about Chair's performance, and we've been going on about it for ages, 
is there seemed to be a deliberate plan to try and play early balls in, which I think we've been talking about and screaming for for a long time. All of us have been concerned about how long it takes for Chair to release a ball. You see, you see the effects of what he did there when he had that early release and he's ended up creating two goals as a result. And if he can do that and then he can mix it up with the cutting and the shot on his right foot, that's absolutely brilliant. I think the other thing on, on Willock is part of me's thinking he's beginning to realise that he's lost that sort of yard of pace that he might have had or change of speed that, that he had in the past. And it almost feels like he's starting to try and adapt his game a little bit more. I think he's realised that having that bit where we could do a little sprint to get past people will risk his hamstrings a bit more. And I think now he's starting to be a little bit more careful about how he's using his body. And, I mean, the Stoke game where in the first two minutes he sort of went down injured and I was thinking, Jesus Christ, he's, he's going to be a sort of on and off within two minutes. But you could see now what he's doing in the Preston game was he's not doing those sorts of change of directions and he's just adapting his game a little bit more, dropping a little bit deeper. Mm. And beginning to have those, beginning to have those links. And again, if that's something that Sequentes has done and something that Willock has been willing to do, again, that's that's a really good sign going forward. The thing is, I would say, the single back is also his reaction after scoring a goal, the way he went to the fans. I have not seen that for an awful long time. Probably pre-injury, if I'm being honest. And and with you, Dunstan. I mean, I don't expect him to be here after the transfer window, and so be it. Um, if he gets a free, he gets a free. But the more important thing is that whatever money we lose in him, we see him by not getting flipping relegated. So it's it's twofold. But I think under Cervantes, I don't think you're going to get people who will be doing that. I think he'll be looking for the right people, the right attitudes. And he's a proper coach, isn't he? Not that I'm saying the other people weren't. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying like it's, it's somehow nice to get someone in with a fresh pair of eyes who's come in start it off fresh and um, I think it's what we needed if I'm being brutally honest and you can see that with the players as well they definitely needed it I think going he back talks... to it well so, sorry Dunstan go on oh, I was going to say he he talks well I, I really yeah. enjoy his post-match interviews and yeah, I, I know that um, Beal spoke well but it felt with Beal it was a lot of platitudes and uh, you know Point. you could almost tell what, what he was going to say and it was a lot of cliches but but I think Sifuentes is a is, is a proper football man he, he he talks he talks about the game with passion he's you know he I, I like the fact that he's not getting too high or too low he's you know he, he he's talking yeah it's just refreshing and, and I used to hate Ainsworth's post-match because it was just pointless optimism We've just watched the 90 minutes. Like, we, we we don't buy a word you're saying. Whereas, you know, there, there, there's a lot of... Yeah, I, I just like the way Sifuentes talks. I, I, I think he's I think he's going to be good, lads. I hope we get to keep him. I think the one thing that you said earlier, Dunstan, and I do agree with that, is I know you were you were slightly concerned about, about squad depth, and I think we all were. I think the one thing that he's done very subtly in the last five games, is you think of some of the people and some of the subs who've ended up making an impact. Larkesh in the yeah, funny enough, if you mm. play yeah, funny enough, you play him as a left back or a left winger, he's actually not too bad. Funny that. And he's ended <laughs> up making them, um, he's ended up creating a two assists. So again, he's feeling part of it. 
whilst Kelman's not really done anything sort of to go, you could see some of the pressing he's done and getting him involved has been yeah. has, has been good as well. And I think the real standout is um, Elijah Dixon Bonner. And I think you can see the impact that he's beginning to have now. And yeah, for that time to bring that energy and to actually always look for the ball going forwards is a really is a really really good sign. And linking in with that. You need to think in January, potentially, we might well be getting someone. The chances of us potentially getting a low knee from the Prem now with someone who can coach like that, compared to yeah. where we might have been under Gareth Ainsworth, that does give us a potential opportunity in January, should we need to strengthen the squad a little bit more. But that's one of the things that I've been really impressed with, is the fact that in the past, we were looking at the bench thinking, now, well, what's what's that going to do? You can actually see see a few things now where we can do something off the bench and make an impact. And that's something else, again, really impressive over five weeks and I didn't think I'd see. Simon, I've got to say, mate, I think the the other thing that couples with that, like his trust in the squad allowed him to drop Ilya's chair for the first half. <clears throat> and that really paid off. And and I think he's thinking about, so say, for example, under Bill, I think one of the reasons Willock got, you know, Willock's not been the same since is that he got rushed back too quickly it was use your first 11. There was no trust in the in the squad depth. And I think what Sefuentes is doing is like, he's thinking long term. He's thinking long game. I, I, I need to win this game, but I also need to win some games in March, April. And, and I need Ilias to be there all the way through the season. Do you know what I mean? And I think that there's, um, he, there's definitely something more cerebral of thinking about the game, thinking about what he has at his disposal that that is quite refreshing to see whereas that never that hadn't happened before under 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 previous managers so that that impressed me as well it's like his bravery um yeah awesome i think that's a really good point i think that's a really good point and i must admit when i saw the chair and cook substitutes i was like well what's he what's he done there but obviously then you can see you can see the results and actually that being able to rotate the likes of chair Willock and that is another is another thing which you rightly say is gonna is gonna give us that positive impact. So they can actually go at max for 45 minutes as opposed to what we were doing with chair, which was we're expecting him to be on the go for 90 minutes, 90 minutes, which isn't which isn't sustainable. So again, if he can do that, absolutely fine. All all he needs to do now is try and find that magic formula with Taylor Richards. <laughs> Well, he was on the pitch uh, against Stoke. Was he? Celebr- yeah, celebrating the goal. <laughs> oh, good on him. Good on him. Yeah, so he got on the pitch. Listen, who knows? I mean, that's that's another story. I don't know. I mean, don't know how we resolve that, but hopefully we can one day. <laughs> but let's go. Now, if that leads us nicely on, as he tries to get away from the Taylor Rip- Rip- Richards uh, episode, <laughs> um, on to Saturday. Because they're, they're a bit of a surprise package, aren't they, Simon? I mean, I, I mean, the senior seems to be doing something right there. It's a, it's a, it's a strange old one. They, they seem to have stopped spending money. They've got better. There's a surprise. I mean, Liam Rossini is a superb coach, and I think it's quite clear, given mm. what's happened with Birmingham as well, who the brains behind um, Derby County's attempt to stay up here a couple of seasons ago was. And I think there was always a thought that Rossini was the um, brains behind Wayne Rooney, and I think that's been... I think that's been fully confirmed at the moment. He's a yeah, he's a tremendous young manager, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be nice. It's another game similar to Preston. Preston hovering around those playoffs. Preston potentially going to be a tough side. It's a good it's a good test for us. 
And again, it's something where we go into a game now and we could feel reasonably optimistic about getting something out of it. And then when you're following that with the home game against Plymouth, as I say, Plymouth might be in a lot of jeopardy if Chumac has gone to Sunderland and then Sheffield Wednesday. So potentially if you're getting six, six points out of nine there, you've got yourself in a decent, you're getting yourself in a decent spot and right in touch with everyone else. Do you know what? It's, it's funny you mentioned Rooney. I always feel that we and Rooney, I, I don't know him personally, but he's the sort of person we try and teach your granny how to suck eggs, wouldn't he? Now, now, Paul. Now, now. Anyway, Dustin. <laughs> um, and, and actually, just just to bypass that and to go back to Simon's point, <laughs> six, to nine, six to nine points would be pretty vital considering it gets a, a little bit tougher over the Christmas period. Um, so, yeah. Um, oh, wow, Paul. I Honestly. Um, yeah, <laughs> what? Um... <laughs> it's a remark. I, I don't know what this response is. I think you two are filthy, by the way. Carry on. <laughs> well, it's just, it ho, ho, to... ho. <laughs> but it, it does go to show you, doesn't it? The Birmingham thing. It does make you laugh a wee bit because it's the sort of thing we would have done, isn't it? It's, it's that kind of like, oh, you know, did well at Derby. But as Simon says, he wasn't the brains behind it at all. That's the second you know time what, Birmingham have done. That's the second time Birmingham have done that in five years. And yeah, that would correct owners. Think about what they were like with Gary Warrett before they decided to um, employ Zola who nearly relegated them. It's history repeating it. But also, it feels like a, a bit of a marketing move because obviously the, the new mm. owners are American. Rooney has a profile in the States having played for and managed DC United. So it felt like, um, you know, obviously Birmingham's new ownership, you've got Tom Brady, there's, you know, I think what they're trying to do is to leverage Brady's popularity in the States and using Rooney as somebody who's familiar to get interest in Birmingham, like there has been in Wrexham, for example. Obviously, what they don't have is the documentary. Uh. But but I think what, again, it, it's someone coming in as owners who don't have foot, almost who don't have football as their primary objective. When you start thinking of a football club as a marketing vehicle, you're going to make mistakes that are going to potentially cost you on the pitch. And I think, you know, Eustace, you know, he did a good, you've got to say, he did a great job for him. Um, and again, you know, we, we we know a lot of those players at Birmingham have got. We know that they're fragile. We know that they, you know, they're going to need, a, a you know, they, they're going to need management to get the best out of them. And Rooney clearly ain't it. Clearly ain't it. Terrible shame for him. It's such a wonderful club. Um, always enjoy <laughs> my trips to Birmingham. Marvellous. Um, back to Back to Hull. I reckon we can nick something, lads. I really do. I think that, that which leads me on to predictions. But even without that, it's nice to go with a wee bit of a spring in your step, isn't it? Go down to the bush and think, you know, we can do this. And I'm looking forward to it. It should be a quite decent game. Well, should we do predictions, yeah. Simon? Shall we do that? Shall we slip into no. Should we just seamlessly seem, just segue into that nicely, won't we? Go on then. So I'm going to go to all. And again, it's going to be it's going to be a tough look. It's going to be a tough game. They are a very good side. I mean, beat Leicester away from beat yeah. Leicester away from home earlier in the season. Um, 
but it's going to be a game which we can test ourselves and actually show we can compete with the um, top end and that should give us a bit more confidence into um, the, the real big games against Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday. Fair point. Dunstan? one all for the same reasons. I think that, you know, like before the start of the season, Hull were like considered to be, you know, bottom lower. They're, they're yeah. not. They're, they're, they're a decent outfit. They've got that player at the minute. Was it Jaden Philogene Green, who's just absolutely tearing it up? Um, yeah, they're 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 a side with confidence. They're going to give us all we can handle. So again, like it's another test of, um, of 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 our new coach and and whether he can turn the home form around. Whether we can keep keep some, uh, uh, sort of you know keep the results going or at least the performances going after two really great wins. I think it'll be two one to us because they'll score early, make us angry, and we'll make them have a miserable Christmas week. That's my theory. I'm happy with that. Yeah, and I got last week right. I'm on a roll here. That's one one in twelve years. <laughs> That's not bad. I, I, I'm more than happy with that. I could um yes, I could I could roll with that, as um Gallagher would say. Right. So Simon. basically, it's like it's it's like QPR in the cups. Then once every twelve years, Paul. Yeah, begin to wonder. Begin to wonder. Although it's going to be interesting, isn't it? The second half of the season, there's going to be very few teams that start up with the same manager. It's going to be very strange. It's a very, very strange league, this league. Very, very strange. Never get my head around it. Simon, ours end. Anything you want to say that you haven't said around the podcast? Uh, I think the one I was going to mention, because I don't think you can get them online, is the £10 tickets for any um, season ticket holders or members for a non-QPR fan to go to the um, Plymouth game on Wednesday night. It's, I think it's a much better opportunity for people to see what we're, what we're trying to do under sequences. And if we can get people there to try and get behind everyone again for a game that's going to be, going to be pretty important, yeah, so that £10, obviously the online thing doesn't work, surprise, surprise, so try and call the box office. <laughs> uh, technology, it's so it's Esther. Dunstan, would you like to add anything to the podcast that you haven't said already in your uh, eyes? Yes, I would. Uh, and I would like to say a big, big, big... Um, a uh, huge, huge thanks to uh, QPR legend Nick London who is no longer commentating on uh, QBR Plus Pass. I know there was some controversy about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, th I think what what you guys had during COVID was a taste of what it's like to support QPR when you can't go to the games. And like for you guys, Nick London got you through COVID. For us, Nick London's commentary gets us through every week, right? So it feels like you're, you've just lost a, uh, you know, you've lost a mate. So... Um, I mean, Nick's commentary was uh, an acquired taste. Uh, it wasn't to everyone's liking, but you could not deny the passion and we will miss his dulcet tone. So thanks, Nick. That's fair enough. Um, my RZN is very simple. And um, it's to, for anyone who didn't know, we did a a, a special pod with Gary Micklewhite, Simon Sinman and Martin Percival about Terry Venables. Um, if you get a chance, I'm not just saying it because it's it's our podcast, but it's just nice to hear the the players the way they talk about um, Venables and how much he meant to them and as a as a manager. And I had even other people, ex players, text me to to want to do another one. Um, so 
it just shows you the mark of the man that he seemed to be loved. So if you get a chance, please listen to it. I'm not bigging this pod up. It's just it's nothing to do with us. It's just listening to them and what they say about Terry Venables and what he did for our club. And um, please have a listen if you can. And um, one other hours end I will say is we're everywhere these days. I was watching a wee bit of the Northern Ireland uh, Republic of Ireland women's last night. And it's a QPR flag there. The Irish lads had the um, Southern Irish. It's so complicated, my place of birth, I tell you. Um, they had the, the, the flag up at Windsor, which is nice to see. So I'll tell you what, we don't have to get around for a so-called small club, which I've never agreed with. As Dave Thomas said, we're the biggest small club in the world. So there you go. But um, Simon, I will be seeing you, no doubt, on Saturday. Dunstan, when are you back over to the shores? Well, now I've got this job. Um, probably not for a, not not for a while now. So um, I'm ho- hoping to get back. Maybe probably to start of next season, if truth be told. So yeah, it'll be a while. Well, I hope hopefully my dog will start barking by then. That'll be a start. As that, dear that listeners, would be. I, I do apologise. When we had when Snoopy was alive, he did the podcast very quietly. When he barked at the post, when this thing barked, a flipping ant. Anyway, kids, moving on. Kids, eh? Kids. Oh, Jesus, get a, get a puppy, they said. It'll be fun, they said. <laughs> um, but listen, and also well done to everyone who went on, on Friday. That's some trip on a Friday night. And bollocks to you, Sky, we won. And um, well done, everyone who went up there, because that is some trek. And um, yeah, let's look forward to Saturday. Get a win and um, keep climbing, as they say. So thank you for listening. This has been Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. And thanks for your support.